0: In this episode, we talk about the spectacular rally in Chinese markets and explain how you can build a business centered on trust. On to it then. The narrative fallacy. Humans have an innate desire to connect dots and make sense of the world around us. To this end, we construct flimsy accounts of the past and create stories that can easily explain outcomes. As an article in the Farnam Street Notes, it's implicit in how we understand the world. When the coffee cup falls, we need to know why it fell. We knocked it over. If someone gets the job instead of us, we need to know why they were deemed better, they had more experience, they were more likable. Without a deep search for reasons, we would go around with blinders on. One thing simply happening after another. The world does not make sense without cause and effect. And this feature of storytelling forms a key part of the human side. It's wired in our DNA however, there is a tiny problem with this whole scheme. It's particularly susceptible to exploitation. Back in 2014 to 2015, China's stock market went on a spectacular rally. A rally so phenomenal that people couldn't believe what they were seeing. Every day the market kept making new highs and it seemed like anybody could make money betting on stocks. However, this rally wasn't necessarily premised on sound fundamentals. There were no structural government reforms. There wasn't a drastic improvement on the economic front. And China's GDP wasn't exactly booming either. Instead, the market rally was primarily driven by state propaganda. The Chinese state media began constructing elaborate narratives about a growth spurt in the economy. They viewed stories around concept stocks fledgling companies that had the potential to change entire industries. Big themes were touted including President Xi, New Silk Road, Infrastructure Blueprint for Asia and Europe, a project meant to connect various parts of the world to promote trade and commerce they kept telling everyone how easy it was to invest and make money trading stocks with prosperity right around the corner and people eventually started buying into this narrative the rally was now being rationalized millions of retail investors kept accumulating stocks en masse many quit their jobs to pursue investing as a full-time profession high school students started betting using spare cash housewives farmers street hustlers everybody got in on the act a survey revealed that more than 60% of new investors that entered the stock markets during the period didn't even have a high school education. And the government remained an active participant all along. Regulations were diluted. They relaxed norms for margin trading, a mechanism where you buy shares using borrowed money. Imagine these people betting ludicrous amounts of money using borrowed cash. It can't possibly end well, can it? In fact, Some even borrowed money beyond permissible limits through unregulated channels, small online lenders, trust loans, etc. The euphoria was real. The Shanghai Composite Index, a group of stocks supposed to represent the Chinese markets, rose by 150% in a few months. You had more than 40 million account openings between June 2014 and June 2015. It was getting out of hand. Eventually, the government had to crack down on margin lending For the first time in almost a year, it seemed like the government wanted to tame the bull and investors feared the worst. They panicked, selling stocks at throwaway prices. They knew the rally wasn't going to last long. The market stumbled 40% in just two weeks and the inevitable crash followed soon after. That was 2015. And people think it might be happening again. Right now. Now obviously this isn't to say that Chinese markets are rallying today without rhyme or reason. After all, stocks were trading at steep discounts during COVID, and China is slowly opening up its economy. But, the optimism is slowly devolving into a frenzy. As an article in The, the Economist notes, Chinese media are swinging into cheerleading mode, one of the telltale signs of past episodes of irrational exuberance. The clicking of the bull's hooves is a beautiful sound for our post virus era, declared a front page editorial in The China Securities Journal, a state run paper. On the 6th of July the Shanghai Securities, its sister paper, was less poetic but more direct in an article posted online on the 3rd of July, (laughs) ha 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 ha, it looks more and more like a bull market. In the meantime, the Shanghai index has surged by more than 35% to reach 5-year highs without a significant rise in company earnings. Margin trading is seeing an uptick, currently at 1.27 trillion yuan, 184 billion dollar, highest since January 2016 and of course. You can't rule out state intervention right now. But why would the government want to incentivize people to prop up the markets? After all, if all of this explodes as it did back in 2015, that wouldn't bode well for anyone, right? Right. But the government does have other perverse incentives. When there aren't enough apps to grow the economy, the state turns to unconventional methods. Back in 2015, the government was hoping for a revival in confidence by propping up the markets. They wanted to further the Chinese dream and help turn the tide. After all, if people could earn and create wealth with booming markets, that would, in turn, rejuvenate demand. People would spend. People would consume. You could kick off a virtuous cycle of growth. More importantly, a rally in the domestic stock market convinces people to invest locally as opposed to seeking foreign markets. It reduces money outflows. It can help in so many ways. Unfortunately, it's not easy to tame financial markets. The frenzy can get out of hand very quickly and any intervention after this could potentially have catastrophic consequences for everyone involved. The bottom line markets don't drive the economy. The economy might drive the markets, but that's about it. And if you commit the egregious error of pumping stocks using state intervention, that's a recipe for disaster. As the economist succinctly put it. Healthy bulls need only a diet of grass, injecting them with steroids is an invitation to trouble.